All right, Heather. Yes. I don't know. Choose a letter. I don't. I don't have anything specific to interrupt with, like I did with Justin. So, I uh, pick a letter. Okay. Um. Let's see. I'm trying to remember which ones they were. Um. I'm gonna go with C. Random, which I think is yeah, random trivia. topic of yours, right? No, that's a movie topic. Oh, okay. That works too. Does it? I don't know <laughs> if it does. Because um, you don't have anything? No, well, I guess I kind of do. Um, apparently, there's like a movie called like Being Mortal that was being made with Aziz Ansari, was going to like wrote, directed, produced it. All that stuff is based on a book of something, whatever. Apparently, its production got halted completely because. Of quote unquote, all it says is inappropriate behavior on set by Bill Murray. Really? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he was being like a sex pest or anything like that. But it does mean that he might have just been severely unprofessional, which he has done before. He's. Yeah. Caused issues on set. With. Uh. On the, the, the set of, what was that, uh, Charlie's Angels. Why well, he wouldn't back on the second one. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he, uh. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Him and Lucy Liu apparently got into it. And apparently he was just a gigantic asshole in general to work with on that set. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Which is funny. Yeah, I feel apparently, like you couldn't. I don't know if you'd be able to handle it if he turned out to be like a sex pest. Yeah, you know what? At this point, it also wouldn't surprise me. Just because everybody's turning into one? Apparently. So. I actually heard they also halted, um, they they canceled making the whole Bright 2 movie that Will Smith was doing. And they are delaying production on some like National Geographic thing that he's working on. Yeah. I was like, ugh, like that. Well, I don't know. Supposedly, Bright 2 might have actually been canceled before the whole slap thing. They okay. Were, they were slowing stuff down because Netflix is losing money. Mm-hmm. So I figured because it wasn't a good movie, but I guess it well, doesn't really well, matter. that too. <laughs> it should have never gotten a Bright 2. Yeah. But. Yeah, and I just feel like that that really sucks because... I don't know. Like I, I understand. I I don't know. I feel like he's getting a real harsh, harsh punishment on some things, but again, maybe that one wasn't related to it, but like the delaying the national geographic thing he's doing. I don't know. I just feel like that's, it's, it's a lot for somebody who has already apologized for what they've done. And it's not a common theme, but again, just my opinion i just it was surprising to me i was like oh man like people are really pissed at him still for that i mean yes it was a very public thing and it was a physically violent thing and all these things but then there's like other people that were still in movies and still making movies that i would argue has done worse 
exactly. And I think that's really what gets me because, yeah, I, I don't think what he, yeah, I obviously don't condone that physical, you know, abuse that he did or anything like that to Chris Rock. But yeah, I just, I feel like so many people have done things much worse, not even apologize for it. You know what I mean? And like not getting this much of a brunt end of things, you know? Well, I mean, look at the accusations that have been leveled against people like Jared Leto. And he's made like 20 movies since then. Um, Look at this movie. The things that we know Ezra Miller has done. Where there is video evidence of Ezra Miller physically choking a woman. Mm -hmm. You know? And that didn't stop this movie from him being in this movie. It didn't stop him from being the flash and a couple other things since then, you know, and yep. it's, it's arguably the same type of thing. It's there. There's video evidence of violence. And I, I would argue worse. I mean, Will Smith. Yes. Yeah, slapped Chris rock. Ezra Miller was choking the woman. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, hand to throat choking a woman, you know, and you know, that didn't stop them with this, you know, that now he's done, he's been arrested, or they have been arrested a few times. I, I I do realize that Ezra Miller is non-binary or at least chooses they, them pronouns. I'm going to fuck it up a little bit. I'm sorry, but I will try. Uh, they have been arrested a couple of times since then. Very recently, too. It's like in the last couple of weeks, they were arrested like two or three times in Hawaii. For being physically fucking violent with people. Mm, okay. And so it's a continued pattern. Yeah. But it goes back to Ezra Miller choked a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like I said, it wasn't like accusations, anything like that. Video evidence of him joking this woman. And no one caring. Right. And it's, it's mind blowing to me. <laughs> I'm like, how is this the thing? But like. I don't know. I just, I feel like no, I mean, not that Will Smith should get off scot-free, you know, or whatever, but I feel like he definitely is getting his, you know, paying his dues for what happened in a sense. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, you have all that. Like, look at James Franco. There were lots of allegations loaded against James Franco and it took like, like he did like three or four more movies and then finally they're like, okay, we'll stop now. Like, right. It's, it's, they're very weird when they react to things. They really are, you know? And then there are some people that'll be in movies that they just ignore some shit with. And like, they know it's a thing and they just hope other people don't find out. Like, apparently one of the guys, and he's not a main character, but there's like one of the actors in uh, that last Predator movie they did, directed by Shane Black. Uh, Sex Offender. Was in that. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And they just didn't tell anybody. And they found out later. You know? Uh, and, I, and I don't mean the sex offender didn't tell anybody. No, people knew. Like behind the scenes, they knew they didn't tell his co-stars, you know. And isn't that what Olivia Munn got really upset about? Right. Yeah. And so you have things like that. And uh, the director of 
uh, Jeepers Creepers. Also directed, I believe, Powder. Uh, yep. Also convicted sex offender. And nobody knew for a little while. At least not like main, like a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah. I believe there was like child porn or inappropriate stuff with children. Wow. And yep, just kept making movies. They were just hoping no one cared or that no one would find out. Yeah. It's an issue now, but I mean, fuck the, like the third Jeepers Creepers, I think it was the third or fourth, whatever came out like just two or three years ago. Oh yeah. And I didn't watch that because I remember thinking why, (laughs) but yeah, I did because that was before I found out about him. Cause I Mm want to say I watched it right around when it came out. Yeah. I just had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It is interesting. And I, I just don't know how they decide who gets a more severe punishment. And, and it, maybe it is up to the independent people working the projects with certain people, right? Like maybe, you know, the national geographic thing that, you know, I think that's what it was for that. Will Smith is doing. Maybe they were like, we personally just don't want to, you know, we, we want to take a, a beat before we go on with this because of everything that happened. Maybe that's a personal preference of them. You know See, what I mean? Like, so it could be just up to the specific project they're working, but yeah, I don't know. It just is kind of a little mind blowing to me how, how, how they're judging the harshness of, you know, punishment in Hollywood per se of who should be more more punished for what they've done if that makes sense see i'm understanding of national geographic because a it was probably like will smith like doing a voiceover or something you know they can be you know that's so that's like a slightly different thing than just in general movie making you know well, I think it was then, something called pole to pole where they were going to have him like, I guess, filming adventures of him traveling from North to South Pole or something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I'm just saying, but either way, it's or, or say it is that it's still slightly more along the lines of a quote unquote documentary type of thing. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not a traditional movie either way. But then you have like. You know, an actor in a movie we recently did, Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. Savagely beat the fuck out of Madonna. Just tied her up to a chair and beat the fuck out of her. And also Robin Wright, didn't he? Maybe. I heard that about her too. I know for, I know, I know for sure it was, there was the one issue with Madonna. Cause I, I want to say in that one, the cops even found her tied to a chair. Wow. You know. Making movies, <laughs> just not like, like I said, as recently as 2021, making movies. Yeah. And that's something I didn't even know about until like maybe last year sometime. I hadn't even heard about that because it doesn't matter anymore. Apparently, you know, there's like an expiration date or something on whatever individuals decide to do. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they're just 
letting things blow over and then they'll bring stuff back or whatever. But yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Because I just in the long run of, of shit people in Hollywood have done. I think that this kind of just ranks as like. You know, it was just a shitty thing to do. Like, right. Yeah, it, it was totally a, agree. It's, yeah, it's a shitty thing. It shouldn't cost him everything. Whereas exactly. Yeah. There's things that should cost people everything and they're still just fucking trugging along. And yeah. And I think the difference too is like how immediately you could tell he realized he made the hugest mistake of his life after he did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but it's just one of those things that either way that in the, the long list of bullshit things Hollywood and celebrities have done, this is not... Right. I don't think up there in any epsilon of, you know, you lose your like that, that, you know, this should dramatically affect his career. If they want to hit pause on some things to let the, the heat blow over, whatever, fine. Like that I get. Fair. Yeah. It's a publicity thing, you know, but oh, there's so much mess with all this stuff. Yeah. That, yeah. So, no, but that was that. Yeah, that Bill Murray stuff. I was just reading an article about it right before we actually hit record. Because Kiki Palmer was calling him out. Really? In in vague posting about it on Instagram, apparently, but was talking about people being professional or unprofessional on movie sets and blah, blah, blah. And she's one of the main cast of this movie and all this shit. And, uh, then it turns out, like I said, it's been shut down for to investigate inappropriate behavior because of Bill Murray. So, but like I said, that, that doesn't necessarily mean to imply that there's anything sexual in nature with it. It could just be him being unprofessional and showing up late. And if anybody calls him out, you know, maybe being an asshole on set or something like that. But... There's been no specifics as of yet. So. Yeah. So way to start this off on a downer, Heather. (laughs) Right. I totally was not expecting to talk about that necessarily, but yeah, just kind of related to what your, your thing that you read about. Oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about the issues behind the scenes with Magic Mike 3. Oh, I didn't hear about that. What's her name? Thandy Newton? Mm-hmm. Uh, she was supposed to be in it. And apparently after the Will Smith incident, her and Channing Tatum got in a huge fight on, on set. Like a huge argument on set. And Channing Tatum like left the set because of it. Really? And then she got fired or quit. Depending on who you ask, fired wow. quit, uh, and then checked into rehab, or was going to be going to be checked into rehab. Like that's what her agents wanted. Apparently, the whole thing might not have as much to do with anything specifically between her and Channing or whatever. But apparently, she was also going, uh, like, she's going through a divorce also. Okay, and so there was like that and this and that, and they think that she just needs like a mental health reset you know, type of check-in. The, the, so when it like with the whole rehab thing, 
might not actually be like alcohol or drugs or anything like that. I haven't seen anything like that, but they wanted it to kind of be like a, just a, you know, things are kind of, kind of like falling apart for her. So maybe check into somewhere and just kind of, you know, mentally get yourself back together and stuff. Okay. Hmm. Uh, and she was yeah. already, already replaced by uh, Selma Hayek. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. within a couple of days, was already replaced by Selma Hayek. But, mm. you know, and and the thing is, is and I'll kind of give them credit for it. Like I said, people on set haven't said exactly what was said during the argument. It was just, they okay. know it started with the whole Will Smith thing from the Oscars, because it was like a week or two, like within a week of that, it all happened. So discussing that maybe. Yeah. And some apparently they took opposing sides on something with it. And bam, you know, issues. Uh you know, and oh. and as right or wrong as it may be with some of that stuff, uh unfortunately, Channing Tatum is executive producer on the movie. So if he doesn't like you and you yeah. can, he can't fire you for it. And whether or not that that's right or wrong is a whole other thing. But like I said, so people originally was reported that she was fired, but then like her people and the studio both came out saying, no, it was kind of, she quit. Like she pulled out of the project because they were like a week or two into filming also. So. Yeah. yeah probably like a mutual understanding of, yeah, this isn't going to work yeah. kind of thing. It's a, that, you know, like I said, then even her agents and stuff were like, yeah, we're going to get her into rehab and blah, blah, blah. Right. So, yeah. But that was also the, the crazy thing about it is like, that's also how I found out they were making Magic Mike 3. Oh, really? I didn't know they were. And then. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even know they were making Magic Mike 3 till I saw issues on set with Magic Mike 3. And I'm like, wait, what? Uh, it might be going to just HBO Max, actually. Mm. But it's it's it takes place in London, so I'm like, all right, Magic Mike going international. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for it. You know, because that's something I haven't got to see yet. I haven't gotten to see Channing Tatum uh, air fuck the stage in London. So I'm excited I mean, about that. There you go. Yeah, let's see what, how he incorporates the the internationalness of it all into the movie. <laughs> all right, let's do this film. Somebody will listen to me. Nobody knows anything but you. Cinema Slayers. Hey, Cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Just Heather, because just like last week, Justin didn't see this movie. Well, Heather didn't see him last week. Justin didn't see him this week. Therefore, you know, he didn't want to be on the episode. He was like, you know what? I'm choosing to let everybody down. And not be on this episode. 
And I was like, Justin, <laughs> think about all the fans and the children. And he was like, fuck the children. That sounds very that. much like Justin for sure. Yeah. And then, and then he walked up to a baby and took away its ice cream cone. It's oh, very man. disturbing. What a bully Justin is. And he didn't even eat it. Cause he was like, this has too many sugars and calories in it. He just put, like dumped it on the ground and stepped on it and walked away. <laughs> Yeah, it seems very in character for Justin to do that. Yep. <laughs> no, just in all, uh, all seriousness, Justin hadn't even seen the other two Fantastic Beast movies, so he didn't uh, wasn't able to watch both of those and this one in time for us to record. So we're doing it without him, which is fine. That's better than last week when all I got was Heather just didn't watch the movies. <laughs> well, I w- in in the case of everything everywhere all the time that's just because you didn't go watch it you could have gone and watched it to be fair it was a it was a very busy weekend for me but i understand but i think also by that yeah i think it was decided that we were doing two that week a little bit later yeah i was like oh man but it's not like we do this live we could have done a thing where we started we did one and they just pulled you in for the second part and go, oh, my gosh, Heather magically arrived. <laughs> and you're right. It's my bad. I should have watched that second movie, but yeah. I just did not have the time last weekend. That's all I'm saying is you guys just chose to not, you know, be there for the Cinefans. Unlike me, who just trugs along all the time and has not appeared on any episodes ever or not not appeared. So there. Oddly enough, I'm rarely not on the episodes because I couldn't watch the movie. I'm most of the time on not on them because I can't record because I have to work or something. Or it's like a happy accident of you didn't want to see it in the case of like the M. Night Shyamalan movie we watched. I think the old movie. I would have been on that episode anyway because I don't give a fuck. Yeah, but it just happened that you had to work anyway. So it was like, eh, that's fine. I think the night you guys recorded, I did actually have to work. I'm just saying in general, I would have been on it anyway, because I don't care. Right. So I have zero integrity on top of that. So I don't care if I trash a movie I haven't watched. (laughs) It doesn't affect me one bit. This is this is true. So, but I know. So we are going to trug along here. We are. What what is this episode? Uh, Harry Potter universe, fantastic beasts and where to find them three, the secret crimes of Gillert Grindelwald, Albus Dumbledore. I combined <laughs> all like three that. titles into one. That was, that was good. No, this is what, what is this? Fantastic beasts, three crimes of Dumbledore yeah. or secrets of Dumbledore. Yeah. Secrets of Dumbledore. Yeah. Should be crimes against my senses. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, uh, we will talk about what we liked and like and everything in between with this movie. And we will have time cards or no, that's not right. We will talk about what we liked and like and everything in between with this movie. And we will go spoiler free recommendations and scores and then, then into a more spoiler centric section with time codes in the description to allow you to jump around if you so need to. That's what I meant to say. And then with all that, uh, Heather, what are your uh, 
spoiler-free thoughts about the Harry Potter universe's Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them three the secret crimes of Grindelwald and Dumbledore. <laughs> um, well, just in general, um, I, I wouldn't say that this series of movies is my favorite. I did think the first one was good. Um, I was not a fan of the second one. I think it was slow and boring, unfortunately. But um, and then this one, I got to say, I was I felt a little bit more like I did in the second one towards this one as well. Like it it was I think it was definitely better than the second one. But I just feel like it. It took a while for me to be really invested in what was going on, which is weird because it's like a continuation of things from two other movies, but it just nothing about it was gripping really in a way, which is sad because I mean, they have some interesting concepts of things. They have really good actors in it, you know, but it just did not grip me. And I I don't really know why. I mean, I'm not the story itself isn't even like a boring story necessarily, but there was just something about maybe the pacing of it or I don't know that just really I wasn't super enthralled and captivated by this movie. Um, I think that Jude Law is really is a really good younger Dumbledore. Um, I've always liked Eddie Redmayne as Newt. I think he has some kind of eccentric charm to him that really works for this movie or this set of movies. So I, I think he did a good job in this movie. He was he was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, other than other than Jude Law, um, I think he was really good in it, too. But I think it was just kind of it, it wasn't even more of the same. It was just more of trying to make a story about things that I just don't care that much about, if that makes sense. Like there's there's nobody that I feel that. I don't know, like, and, and it's not that the characters are not good characters. They do have good characters, but they just don't. I'm not invested in any of the characters, really. Um, therefore, not invested in the story. And they wanted to continue a story off of characters that I'm already just kind of they're OK about, you know, um, I think that they brought in some new people that were pretty good, too. Um, I don't know. I guess it just was a little too slow for me and it just wasn't interesting. And it should have been, I think maybe more than anything, it's like a little disappointing because all the elements of this type of movie should be more interesting to me than they were. And they weren't. So that's really, yeah, I can, I think that's kind of where I fall with it. I'm going to disagree with you, Heather. I'm going to say the story was boring too. (laughs) I mean, I guess maybe the idea of the story was good, but the way they executed it was not. Does that make sense? No, it was boring too. (laughs) Okay. I get what you're saying, but to me, this was just the most let's get from point A to point B and fucking in this movie thing they could do. Mm. I read an article on I want to say it was bleeding cool and I'm I'm sorry I I don't remember the 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 author's name 
about it, but there's an article about this franchise, this this form of the franchise, this trilogy so far on Bleeding Cool. And he was talking about the problems with this franchise, and I completely agree with it. And it's essentially that we were lied to about what we were going to get. If you watch the first three quarters of Fantastic Beasts, it's like a delightful little version of, and this this is his words, like magical Pokemon. Because it's just random fucking <laughs> okay. creatures and they're running around trying to catch them and all this shit. That's fair. And then the last quarter of that movie and the, the uh, following two movies after that is just Grindelwald Dumbledore bullshit. And so you're lied to because of the setup. The setup was mm-hmm. fantastic beasts and where to find them. So instead right. of getting like a trilogy of movies, I'm just seeing a shit ton of bonkers ass magical creatures and all this other stuff. They instead shoehorn magical creatures into two movies to justify keeping them quote unquote in this franchise and keeping Newt around to do all this other bullshit. Yeah. And I think that that's the biggest flaw of it all because Hmm. I, for the most part, enjoyed the first movie up until the end. Yeah. I also have issues with Johnny Depp being Grindelwald that predates all this other bullshit that's been tied into Johnny Depp lately. I think that they should have kept Colin Farrell as Grindelwald. Yeah. Because he was fantastic. I was like, fuck yeah, give me evil wizard fucking Colin Farrell. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. They give you that wonderful performance by that man and then just a bunch of nothingness by Johnny Depp. And then you get Mads Mikkelsen in this movie. I love Mads. I love him. I think he's a fantastic actor and I especially love him as a villain. Oh, he's delightful. Right. He was just kind of nothingness in this movie. And I and I don't mean that as a bad take on him or his abilities. The way they wrote the character was nothing still. He's just a kind of subdued guy, just not doing anything. I'm like, you have a fantastic actor here. Let this guy fucking evil it up. Yeah. They just didn't do anything with it. I can agree with that because I think he did the best he could with the material he was given for the character. Cause I agree. I've seen him in, in movies where he is the villain and he's a, an excellent villain. He's like up there with Vincent D'Onofrio level, like with playing villains, like oh, he's great. Him as, as Hannibal in the TV series is phenomenal. And see, I haven't seen that, but oh. I've heard amazing oh, things fuck, about it. Like that's where I fell in love with Mads was that. Yeah. And I'm like, ever since then, I'm like, give me all the Mads I can get. Cause they yeah. canceled that show on me. And I'm like, fuck you all. Give me more Mads. I need <laughs> yeah, more I mean, Mads in my life. He's he's very good about it. Like with the just being that villain. And he wasn't he wasn't not even he was not at all bad in this movie. Like he was far from the worst thing about this movie. You know, I think after, you know, after Newt and oh, uh, Jude Law was great, too. Yeah. I mean, and that's sorry. I guess this moment like. After Red, Eddie Redmayne and Jude Law, he's definitely up there as one of the better things about this movie, for sure. I would argue that Eddie Redmayne was the most shafted in this movie. Because they just made Newt so dumb. Just so <laughs> dumb in this movie. 
But I, I, the acting performances are there. They are milking every bit of nuance and emotion that this bare bones bullshit script would allow them to get. And they just sat there and gave every single ounce of it they could. It's just, it still falls short because there's ultimately no substance in the script. Mm. Yeah. You know, like there were those scenes where it's like Dumbledore and Grindelwald are talking and stuff like that. Where they do such a great job of actually showing that they used to be in love. And that there is mm-hmm. still some residual feelings there. That while they have gone their separate ways and they're different people than they used to be and all those things. Like there's still something there. There's parts of them there that are still just they still just love each other. And they did such a good job of portraying that. It's just the the movie didn't actually give them the foundation to to sustain anything. You know? Like, the thing I hate about Newt's characters, especially going on in these movies, is, like, like, they find just some way to shoehorn him acting like an animal. Like, (laughs) I guess that's true. Like a magic creature at some point. And it's dumb. It is. (laughs) You know, I I can actually, I can see that point. I don't know what, I think it's, there's just something about his portrayal of Newt that I just really enjoy. I don't know what it is, but I, well, I just see because, him and I'm like, he's just very delightful as his character. Well, you because know? he embodies the innocence of Newt. Exactly. I think that's what it is. He does. He does yeah. a fantastic job at that. Right. You know, he does a fantastic job of embodying the innocence that that character has. It's just, he's, he's, he's a fucking B-lister in this movie now. And even though the movie follows him more than any other character, it doesn't feel like he's meant to be the main character. Now, was he? He wasn't always supposed to be in all of them, was he? Yes. I thought he was only supposed to be in the first. No, he was supposed to be in all of them. Oh, okay. But they've kind of okay. changed what these movies were meant to be, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is supposed to be a five movie series. They haven't officially kept said they're going to keep the other two now. This might be it. Mm. This might end this series. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason why they kind of tied up a lot of story points in this. Okay. But yeah. not where they were supposed to tie them up. And that's the sad thing with it. But yeah, there's just so many things. I think so much of this movie was meant to just be damage control for the other two or for the first or the second one for the last one. Mm-hmm. They went such a hard departure in that one. This movie is just supposed to be like damage control. They just are actively just undoing so much from that movie to fix it. Because they're like, we can't sustain a series with the route you went. So Mm. let us go back and change it. And I think of a lot of it has to do with JK Rowling. Mm -hmm. I want to say in the first one of these, she was like a writer on it, but there were multiple writers. The second one, as far as I'm remembering correctly, she was the main writer of it. And then this one is she is uh, just back to being part of the writing team. And in doing so, I think that that's what they were trying to do. 
is undo her stuff because one of the worst things that J.K. Rowling has done since writing the Harry Potter things, when it comes to being Harry Potter, like Harry Potter specifically stuff, is the fact that she is very big on retconning a lot of stuff and quote unquote making it canon just by her saying it afterwards. So I was wrong. She mm. did also write the first one. Oh, she did, you said? Yeah, she did. Okay. And Stephen Cloves came in and helped change the screenplay a little bit in this one. But I think that that's just kind of what she's been doing with some of this stuff. And she's just kind of made a mess of it. And they were trying to salvage it in this one and bring it back in. But... Uh, no, it didn't necessarily work. This is just marginally better than the last one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree. I really do. I kind of just hope they end the series here. Just no more. I can't, I can't do two more of these. I can't. There is just such plodding mediocrity at this point that I can't watch another two films of this. I don't give a fuck. About anything, yeah. and I don't think that they're even trying enough to where that they could make me give a fuck. So I hope it just yeah. ends. I really do. I just think it's not an interesting enough series to do it, which is sad because, and I already know it already had like the, it had a really, really big shoes to fill anyway, as far as like, you know, the Harry Potter movies were over. So this was just kind of a, a thing of part of the same world to kind of still give people a little bit of that magical world that was created, but just the movies super lack that same tone and everything that the original Harry Potter films had, because there was, there was just so much more depth and, you know, so much more of the profound aspects of those movies. (laughs) And I think you know, there was there was more heart into the stories of it than there is in these. You know what I mean? Well, I think that these movies are kind of also a fundamental misunderstanding of what people like about the Harry Potter franchise. Like, yeah, we liked the characters and all this stuff, but what we were excited about when it came to Fantastic Beasts and other movies and stuff like that were the idea of just seeing some more magical shit outside the confines of the story arc in which they gave us in the first few movies, you know? And, you know, this movie, they kind of say, you know, they're kind of like, Oh, well fuck that. Like, you know, we're going to, we think that you want just more Dumbledore and some Hogwarts. We're going to give you some Hogwarts because that's why you didn't like the last one is because there wasn't enough Hogwarts in it. And if we don't give you these locations that we think you want to go, like, it's just like, no, that's not what people wanted. Like, we just want more magic shit. We don't necessarily need more of the other shit, you know? Show us some cool spells and show us some cool animals and stuff like that. Like, 
Yeah. That's what people were really wanting. And that's why the first one worked better. Like, I think there was some hesitation going into it because nobody knew what the fuck it was going to be. But. But I think also the characters in the original, they are so much more relatable. You care so much more about those characters. And yeah, they've definitely had a lot more movies for you to care. But even in the books, like these are like the Harry Potter, all of them were just very much characters that you could either relate to or see part of yourself in some of the characters. Like, you know what I mean? And I think that's part of it too. Like in this movie, there's nobody that you're really just like, man, I relate to him unless, I mean, and even, even Jude Law as like a younger Dumbledore with his wisdom and all of this, it's not the same. You know what I mean? They just, it's not even close. It's not, and like you said, yeah, there is some tough shoes to fill when it comes to that aspect of it. But like this isn't, this isn't filling that need. You know, like yeah. even when you do give us some interesting characters, they do have like in this franchise, they have just this weird habit of instantly fucking it up right afterwards. Like the Kowalski <laughs> guy, the baker, the, you know, the human guy. Yes. I was literally just thinking about that. Yeah. Like he's a, he's a great little character and I love the story arc they have of him falling in love with the witch. And that mm-hmm. adds some interesting dynamics to stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And, you know, they, they kind of tie in some trials and tribulations when it comes to that. And then in the second movie, spoilers for it, whatever, you know. He turns down her when she has to marry him and then just go, then she just goes, fuck it. I'm going to go join the guy that wants to kill all people. Right. You're just like, wait, what? And then, I mean, this is kind of a spoiler for this movie. And then it rolls to this movie and then she's like, oh no, I don't want to be with the guy that wants to kill everybody. Even though that's exactly what the fuck he was saying he wanted to do. Right. Like, you're just like, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of the things I mean that they're trying to correct the problems they 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 added in the second one. They shouldn't have had her done that in the second one. So what is this movie? A course correction for her character. Yeah. You know, and that's all this fucking is. And it was very boring and plotting and it felt like they just added some creatures into it just to justify Newt being there. You know, yeah, they just wanted to add some shit to like add some stuff. Also, I didn't know that there was like a president of magic. I don't know where that's a thing. You know, mm-hmm. like the, the chancellor of the magic confederation of magic people or whatever. You're like, that's a <laughs> thing. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I just, I mean, and even, even the baker, Jake, Jacob, whatever his name was, um, I really mostly like his character a lot, but something about how it was in this one where you, I don't know. They, they just, they make him not even, not necessarily annoying, but they make him more like less of that heroic. They just kind of feel like he's like a, what is it? Just bystander accidentally a hero in this one, as opposed to like, on purpose trying to be, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but that he very much just kind of happens into a lot more stuff. Like, I mean, that's kind of his character, though, that like he happened into the whole magical world thing and all this other True. stuff. Yeah. And so there is that aspect of his character, but I get what you're saying, though, because it does start to weigh on you a little bit when, you know, his character just kind of always does that and you know and they just weirdly did his character in this movie like yeah and you're right he he is like that but i i don't know if it's like they did it more like that or just the decisions he was making in this i feel like we're very much more like really that's what you're doing like and i know we'll get into spoilers and everything but one particular scene where you're like really that's that's what you're doing. Like the, you're trying to help this whole team of people. And this is what you're deciding to do in this moment. Like it just felt really odd for some of the decisions he made, but yeah, I digress. Yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying with that. And it's, they just, they didn't know how to handle any of their characters and it makes it worse because they add more characters and they put more emphasis on other characters. And so they just don't even know how to handle the ones they have. Like, I think that that's the biggest problem with these movies is that they constantly add characters because they're adding stuff that, you know, has been established in the lore previously and all this other stuff. And in doing so, they're constantly adding characters and not knowing what to do to keep the characters they've already added interesting. Or they're just dropping off characters. They just abandon characters. And mm-hmm. it's really, really felt in this movie because they abandoned several people for the sake <laughs> of this movie. And it doesn't really make, make much sense. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I will let's, say let's, 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 maybe, let's move on. Hold on. Let's move on so we can go into spoilers too. Cause we're just beating around the bush. So let's just okay. keep going so we can just go into spoilers and talk more. All right. Yeah. So let's go. Recommendations and score. All right, go ahead, Heather. Um, so I I can't really necessarily recommend it. I think if you watch the first two or if you are into this um set of movies, sure, watch it. You're definitely gonna want to see how this ends, but it's not something that I think you must see in a theater or anything like that. It's just more watch it if it happens to be on like a streaming service at some point, which I'm sure it will be, but uh, it's not, it's not very memorable. It's not very outstanding in any sort of way. So I'm not, I'm not high on this movie, really just recommending it. If you want to see how this story is going to end, especially because this might actually be the end end. So, um, I think, let's see. Ugh. I guess I'll give this movie. Um, I'll give it 45 crab walks out of a cave with your brother out of a hundred. Oh, no, I don't recommend it in any way, shape, or form, streaming service or otherwise. I mean, if you're just an absolute completionist and you've watched all the 10 other ones, I guess, watch it. But 
I just, I don't see the point in watching this in any way, shape or form. I really don't. Um, I like your score though. I'll give it a little worse than that. 42. Uh, 42. Undead magic baby horse deer things. Out of a hundred. Okay. Uh, spoilers. Sure. Spoilers. All right, Heather, continue what you were saying now. I just, we were just kind of beating around the bush a little too much when it came to spoilers. I figured if we get to this point, we can just freely talk now. Yeah, I know. You're good. I was going to just say that I don't know if you'll agree with me or not on this, but one of the characters that I did actually like that they added was um, Lally, uh, Jessica Williams. I actually liked her character in this. I thought she was a a fun little addition. I mean, she's not a main huge, huge character in it, but she was a good side character. And I would say of the ones that they've added for this movie, I think I like her as one of the newer characters they've added. Um, Yeah, I think that was not a terrible decision on their part to have her added. And I like um, Jessica Williams in general. I just like her and almost everything I've seen her and she's funny. She's a delightful person. So I, I liked her in this movie, but it could just be me, but I just, she was not my least favorite thing that they added in this movie. So. What else has she been in? There was some, uh, some movie on Netflix. She was in um, the amazing Jessica Jones or something like that or Jessica James, something. Um, it's a really funny movie. Uh, she was in uh, Booksmart. She was the teacher. In okay, Booksmart. okay, okay. That's where it is. Yeah. You're like trying to figure out where you've seen her before. Yeah, but um, too lazy to actually pull her up on uh, IMDb. Yeah. And she's in um, the, what is it called? Love, something love on HBO. Um, A big love, right? Not Big Love. It's okay. the one that Anna Kendrick was in, and I'm trying to remember the name oh, of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I vaguely know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, um, she's, um, like, the main love interest in the second season, and she's her and Chidi from The Good Place, and it's their chemistry, their dynamic is super great. So um, she's, she's just really good, and I like what she does. And um, I just think she was a fun, interesting new dynamic to bring into this movie. So, yeah, that's what I was thinking, because there's not a lot of great things about this movie, but she was she was a good addition, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, but I also feel like she was there. Sorry, that's what it's called. Love life. Okay, Um, I felt like she was there, though, to replace the fact that they kill Zoe Kravitz off screen. Yeah, they killed the Zoe Kravitz character between the two movies. You know? And also, they had Kate Watterson. They, they just got rid of her. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about more of that later. They got rid of her. And that's what I mean. They abandoned characters. They abandoned Zoe Kravitz. They abandoned Kate Watterson. You know, they uh, uh, they abandoned the whole timeline. Like I said, the, the story point with, what's her name, Sweetie or whatever, going with Grindelwald. You know, they, they just ran rucksack with all that you know and they did all that to what bring in 
Zoe Kravitz's quote unquote brother in the movie. You know, and I thought that that was a really interesting scene, but it never came back to play into anything. So whenever he goes there and he's like, you know, Zoe Kravitz Lestrange was my sister and I blame you for her death. And he goes, well, then you wouldn't mind if I remove her memories. And he does. He removes all the memories of his sister away from the guy. And it, but he's still a double agent in the end. And it doesn't play it. That, that, yeah. that, that scene is such a cool scene because I'm like, oh, fuck. That's how deep this is getting. Oh, damn. Never matters again mm-hmm. in the rest of the movie. Right. Never comes back into anything. Nothing. And I'm like, oh, well, that's dumb then. Like, I just, yeah, I was like, why are you adding this cool thing for it to never matter? Like, what was the point of the whole scene with what's his name getting fucking arrested? Uh, Newt's brother getting arrested. They did that scene just so they could have the manicure walk. Yeah, it like the leading up to certain things was like, why? Like, what? why was this your decision for it? What was the point of getting Jacob the fake wand? I still don't see the point in that. That's true. Because they made a huge deal about that throughout the whole movie. Yeah, they did all of that so that they could have the quote unquote fake muggle assassin. Right? That's why they did Mm -hmm. it is so they could have the fake muggle assassin. But I'm like, he's a muggle with a wand. Could he use it? Even if it was an active wand, could he use it? They don't actually say whether or not he like a muggle can use a wand. So like, I don't even think that would be an issue too. Why would they be like, why wouldn't they be like, well, holy fuck, a muggle has a wand. All this stuff. Like they did that just to have that fake assassination plot point that also comes back to not mattering at all. Yeah, that's true. After that scene and they like show the newspaper of it. It never matters again. That scene does not matter again. You know what it would have been better for it? If he was just holding a fucking gun. Because <laughs> then it would make sense. That's true. <laughs> just pull a gun out on Grindelwald and they go, fuck you, I'm going to shoot you. Right, like, <laughs> I don't have a wand, but I have a gun. Yeah, yeah that's true. Going to give you some muggle justice. I'm going to shoot you. Exactly. Because I'm a fucking person. You know, like, that would actually would have been kind of funny. Yeah, none of it made sense in this movie, though. Like fake magic wand that, you know what I mean? Like, and it it never really matters at any point, you know? And then they're like, they do all this stuff about talking about how he's just a great person, great person, great person. And then, and I'm not saying that they don't show that, but then you get to the end of the movie and Dumbledore's like, man, you don't have the case. So don't worry about it. Man, you know, and you're (laughs) just like, oh, okay. So why does that matter? Also, what is the deal with the whole, mm-hmm. like, bunches of magical cases? Because the, the thing is, is she goes into the shop and she says, I need six of these. She says, I need like a half dozen. I need six of these. And they already have one. So that would mean they need seven cases. They just use five. Mm, oh, wait, you're right. Yeah. Because it was the secretary, Newt, the baker. Uh, the the woman you were talking about and the brother. Yeah, you're right. Because, because Dumbledore doesn't carry yeah. one. Yeah, he goes with uh, Jacob. Yeah. They just used five cases. 
They had seven. Hmm. Makes no sense. Interesting. By the way, did you totally call that the secretary lady was the one that was going to actually have the right case? Yeah, because of course. Mm-hmm. Because why? She was the one person they did not show during all the shenanigans yep. of everything. They just don't show her. Yep. Yeah. And the whole like them continuing to talk about like how reliable or whatever it is that she is. You know, I was like, of course, they're going to have her be the one. Yeah. But I'm like, that is the worst film directing ever. When you're like, all right, guess which one it is. And it's the one person you obviously don't show. Right. Like you have to show them (laughs) if you want to make it a mystery. But also, I don't understand, like. Why was it a big deal to to not tell the people carrying the cases who actually had it? Because theoretically speaking, Grindelwald, like in, any wizard worth their salt, can fucking pull your memories from your head. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. But it's not like they were capturing with anybody and like sitting them down to interrogate them like that. Or you could, what's it called? Like, occlumency. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that Snape and Harry do for a little bit in the movies and more so in the books where you can look into other people's minds like you can mentally invade. That's them fair. And yeah. stuff. And if you're not well versed in how to counteract it, you know, there's some trouble with it. Um, And I think part of it also has to do with the very loose way they explained why Grindelwald can see the future. Because he had magical. Yeah. uh ghost deer blood sprayed on him. Oh, so he can see the future because of that. Yeah, that's weird. And so in doing that, that's how they, you know, if you don't know and you're playing as chaos, it's impossible for them to know too. You know, those types of things. I guess that's fair. But it's still not explained well enough. You know, like yeah, it's it's just a mess. And they just do it like I felt like they would just say things like that. Like we can't know and like not everybody can know the plan and blah, blah, blah. Just so that they could. The plan could be a mess and just argue that was the point. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. It wasn't that we didn't actually think any of this stuff through. It's just because you can't know all the plan. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and you're that that does make sense, I guess. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a a little bit of a flimsy thing they did with it, though, because I'm also like, if they're after somebody and they have the briefcase, they're going to just assume that is the person with it. Like, why would they need to pull the memories? Because they're like, oh, this person has the case. That's it. And then they find they don't. And it's like, what? You know, well, but then I guess at that point they could be like, okay, who actually has it? That's the side of it is it's who actually does. Because I don't think that they completely knew that what's her name wasn't going to help him out either, though. Because she can read people's minds. And so if somebody knows uh, they have the case, she might be able to alert them. Even though you as the audience know that she wouldn't. Okay. Which lady was that? The 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 psychic lady that is love oh, with Jacob. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She can read your thoughts. Mm-hmm. So if yeah, anybody's saying that like, oh, I have it, I have it, I have it, she might be able to like be like, oh, they have it. Because they don't technically know that she's not on Grindelwald's side for a big chunk of that. You know what I mean? Right. So there's that aspect of it too. Uh, 
it still doesn't completely line up, but that's the, I could see that argument with it. Yeah, no, that does actually make some sense. Yeah. But like I said, this movie's such a fucking mess. It doesn't really matter. Like to me, it just felt like they did that to keep it general enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like they randomly bring up all this shit and they have the random magical deers that like, I don't know that just there's like two of them in the world. And I'm like, how the fuck were you using this as your system? You know? And also like, (laughs) it makes no sense too, because it goes up to Dumbledore and it's like, Hey, I'm going to bow to you. And he's like, no, don't choose me. I'm not like, I like the fact that he was self-aware enough to be like, no, I'm not really good enough to do this. Yeah. You know, I liked that aspect of him, but what I don't like the fact of is that they're like, Oh, you're pure of heart. He's not. Because also his plan in the future is to sacrifice Harry Potter. That is his plan. Mm. Is to sacrifice a child. Yeah. And that is why you're right. I didn't expect that that deer was going to go to, I honestly thought he was going to go to the the human. (laughs) I thought he was going to go to Jacob and say, you're the only one worthy. I thought he was going to go to. Because they made such a huge deal about him being pure of heart. Well, yeah. I knew that they were going to go to Dumbledore because whatever Harry Potter loves to act like Dumbledore's great, even though he's not. I thought it would have been better if it went to Newt. Yeah. That because he's definitely pure of how heart. How the fuck you know is I mean? Newt not pure of heart? Yeah. Of all the characters in this fucking show, Newt is the purest of all of them. How wouldn't it yep. how would it not go up to him? It, it it would have been so great if it went up to him. Like it would have been great if it went up to Dumbledore and like Newt is right like right next to Dumbledore and it bowed and Dumbledore's like, no, no, it's not me. And then Newt's like uh, it's it's bowing at me. Yeah. And Dumbledore like looks and he's like, oh, it is. And then Newt can be right. like, no, like I can't do this. You know what I mean? Like because he is so pure of heart, he's like, I can't be a fucking politician. Right. He's like, that's I just I, I want to go pet other creature like creatures. That's all I want to do. Yeah. You know? No, and that's that totally makes sense because I, I was like, if it's not gonna be Jacob, it's gonna be Newt. That was the only two that I was thinking it would be. Granted, it makes sense that it's Dumbledore based on the rest of what happens in Harry Potter and stuff, but yeah, I totally like Newt would have been the perfect choice. I'm like, how is it definitely Dumbledore is not more pure of heart than Newt? Yeah, he's Newt not. is way too innocent of a person in general to to not be that guy. Like <laughs> Newt essentially fails out of Hogwarts because he doesn't give a fuck about anything other than like animals is essentially it in a way. Yeah. Like there, yeah, there's some other aspects to it, but that's what it boils down to. Like that's why like his relationships don't quite work and all kinds of stuff. Like that's all he cares about, you know, like, and it's such a more interesting aspect of it, but then it's like, also, that's the worst system to decide who's going to be your president because then they're just like, nah, go walk around the crowd instead. Just go find someone else. Like, it's just so weird. Mm-hmm. You know? And like, as much as they were trying to quote unquote fix the election to make it Grindelwald, like, they didn't try that hard. Like, it was Mm -hmm. so weird that they were like, 
Oh, nope. We found that he didn't actually kill any people. Like everybody knows that's a lie. You know what I mean? Right. Like, everyone knows that like the, the lie is that they actually did something. No, they didn't. They didn't actually do it. And but the, the, the fact that just the wizarding community was like, eh, all right. Right. But yeah. And like there were the crimes like, yeah, he killed those people. Technically, I want to say it was in the second movie, wasn't it? I don't know. But then like, why were they chasing this guy down from the first movie? He was already in jail in the first movie type of situation. Like this guy's obviously been doing crimes nonstop. It's just <laughs> so weird that they're like, but this one thing is not true as we found out. So we're going to just not let it slide. It's just weird. You know, yeah. and all of this is to set up the future stuff. Like, you know, they, and they have the, they also have some weird battles in people's minds in this movie, which they never really establish as a lore type of thing. Like when Credence and Dumbledore kind of had their little wizarding battle. Mm. That was ultimately. Yeah. yeah. It didn't actually happen. Right. It's like in and their then, minds. And then they fight. They do it again at the end of the movie. Yeah. And I feel like that was just so. It was just so unresolved. Even the mind battle was just so unresolved. <laughs> it was just like, I'm sorry, walk away. Like nothing ever actually got resolved in that whole thing. So it was like, well, what was the point of this? If it's not even like other than Dumbledore just saying like, yes, you're one of us and I'm sorry for what's happened. And then he just walks away. There's no like, that's it. Like nothing actually got resolved from that. Well, and they did all that stuff just to have, because if they do make a fourth one, Ezra Miller's not going to be in it. So they're going to kill Credence off in between movies. Yeah, he was about to be dead at the end of this one. Like, they should have, it's just, it's so weird how they would do that stuff. Like, just nothing ever truly felt like it lined up properly with anything they said, like they set up before. And the thing is, is that's not quite, that's not necessarily uncommon in JK Rowling's writing. She kind of fucks up a lot of little things like that. Now she's able to fix it a little bit more in the Harry Potter series because she would write a book and then people would point shit out and she'd have like four years to go back and fix it in the next book. You know? Yeah, that's true. And so that's how she could cover herself up is she'd give some explanation in another book. And you're like, oh, well, I guess, yeah, that covers that type of situation. But she didn't really think that far ahead in a lot of it. And I think when it comes to making movies, it's kind of worse with it. You know? Because yeah. they, they made the second one and it got kind of maligned by by fans and critics and everybody. And they just went, oh, that means we need to add Hogwarts to it. We need to bring back all the old Harry Potter shit you know and love. Right. Not realizing that that wasn't what people were fucking mad about <laughs> or mm-hmm. bothered about or annoyed about. You know what I mean? Yep. And this movie just, it it it, it does more of the same shit, though. Like, it still latches on to the wrong things. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it never, it also never really feels like it gets going. 
Like, yeah, you're supposed to weird. be all this urgency. They keep talking about urgency. No one, the movie itself and none of the characters really move with a sense of urgency. You're right. And and it's interesting because those two things you just mentioned, that combination of no real urgency plus kind of focusing on the wrong aspects of things make these movies feel very surface level. Yeah, you're not wrong with that. They feel very shallow because of it. Mm-hmm. And they just recycle as much of the old shit as they can. Like th- that Grindelwald Dumbledore magic battle was just them shooting wands at each other with not doing anything. You know, that Dumbledore Voldemort battle. I want to say from Order of the Phoenix. It's fantastic. There's like fire mm. snakes and water and glass shards and saint. Like they're actually like fighting each other. Now I know right. Grindelwald and Dumbledore aren't really like on that level because they're they still have that history and stuff. But do something. Yeah. Instead of them just, you know, touching beams nonstop. <laughs> yeah. It's so boring. I agree. Yep. And that was supposed to be like the, the big culmination of this movie, you know? Yeah. Like that was supposed to be the culminating event and all this other stuff. Like theoretically speaking, if they do another two movies, there should be another battle between Grindelwald and Dumbledore in like the fifth movie. And it should be like the most epic wizarding battle ever because that is the lore behind it. The Dumbledore and Grindelwald mm. had this epic duel and Dumbledore beat him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's kind of like they almost set this up to also be that just in case they don't make some more movies, but then it's just not an epic battle. You know? And it must have been weird for all the people there because they're watching them just stand there. And then in their (laughs) minds, they're fighting each other. They're just like, wait, what? Why is everybody just standing here? What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. That's very true. Mm-hmm. They're like, but so, but then also nobody does anything. Like if they're just standing there staring at each other, having a mental wizarding battle, why don't you just go fucking tackle Grindelwald? <laughs> That's true. So many other people could have done something while that was happening. Jacob could have just walked up to him and shot him. <laughs> you really want him to do that? To I someone. do. That's all I want in this movie is I want to see Jacob <laughs> shoot him. Oh, and that's, see, okay, so going back to what I mentioned before, in that scene where they're at the the big dinner and, like, he stands up and just is very obvious that he knows, um, I can't remember her name, the, the lady that he loves. Um, Isn't her name Sweetie or something like that? Something like that, yeah. I'll look but, it up while you're talking. Um, but no, like, he, yeah, so just for, for him to just be so obvious about that and, like, almost blow... I feel like the whole plan of what they're trying to do because of, and I get that they're trying to say his love for her is so strong and like, you know, all these things, but I just feel like those decisions, anything when it came to her, he was just very like that guy that almost ruined the entire plan because of her in this movie. I was wrong. It's Queenie. Queenie. I literally just remembered as you were saying it. Yeah. Queenie. 
but yeah, any anything involving him and Queenie, it was like he was just he lost all of his brain power to do anything except focus on her and everything like in this movie. So it, it just was kind of like, you know, and I get that he's that that very romantic guy with her and he's fully in love with her and all that. But I'm just like every decision he made in this, like he sees her and he's just a complete idiot about everything. Like, let's go off to the side corner here and let me talk to you about my love for you while there's these dangerous guys around that are going to be following you anyway. And let me stand up and like really almost make a huge scene in front of all these important and whatever people because like I'm just like uh get it together guy. I feel like they did that a lot with him in this movie. No, that's fair. That was like a weirdly constant thing with them. Yeah. Like and I get it doing it, you know, every once in a while, like maybe just even one of those scenes or something, but I'm just like it just it was a little too much in one movie for him to be doing that. Yeah, no, that's absolutely fair. Yeah. And you, and and you're right. It just doesn't really quite line up really in the end. Like it just makes it very nonsensical with a movie that also just it. Well, I don't, okay, I think nonsensical might be a little too harsh because I don't think they cared. I, this movie is kind of just a bunch of not caring with what they did because there was no detail. There was no, deeper meaning there was no real thought put into anything and i think that that could be why he acted like a fucking idiot because they just d- didn't care yeah they were just like yeah do whatever we don't give a fuck I yeah because they know like, like he's likable enough that people are just gonna still not really care <laughs> i kind of feel like you know that like they kind of also did that with the whole newt thing with the manticore because it's not like they know what they're going to animate before they fucking film it. And I think that they kind of did that with some of those scenes too, that they were just like, uh, Eddie Redmayne walk in a weird way. And we're going to have, we're going to animate these creatures to do the same shit. <laughs> and they just, and they're, and they're not even manticores cause they're supposed to be manticores. Like that's not even what a fucking manticore is in mythology like it's a huge departure outside of a big scorpion tail like it's supposed to be like a lion scorpion sometimes like eagle hybrid thing you know it's supposed to have like the face of a lion and like mm-hmm. the body of something and like the tail of a scorpion some of times they have wings Yeah. Like in this, it looked like a fucking crawdad mixed with a a fucking scorpion. Yeah. Less uh, intimidating, if you will. Okay. So manticores traditionally have the head of a human, the body of a lion, and the tail of a, uh, of like a scorpion. Okay. Is a, like the main version of it. And. Yeah, and then they did weird fucking crawl, like, claw things. Which also, is it's funny because in the Harry Potter wiki, which technically gets its information from 
the book version of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which is just literally like a book of just magical creatures and just talks about them. Uh, it says it has the head of a human, the body of a lion, and a scorpion's tail. Mm. And instead they did this and still called it a manticore. <laughs> That's a bit misleading. Yeah. I mean, I did like, well, almost. I, I liked where there was a scene when they were talking about the the little the little creature, the little deer thing. And if I'm not mistaken, they were saying that they used to be the ones who would choose the head of everything, which is why he bowed to Dumbledore, right? But did they explain, and I missed it, where, like, why did they do that for this when they hadn't done that in a while? Because they said a long time ago, that's what it used to be done. Why did they bring that back suddenly? Because theoretically, they didn't have any or know where any were. So now that they had it, they're like, oh, well, we need to use them to see who the true the true one is, basically. Yeah. And it was I think it was. OK. It was, and that's why they kind of rigged it to be like there was that tainted one that Grindelwald did, you know. Right. Because it was something like out of favor, like people that wasn't what they decided to do for a while. And then all of a sudden they were like, yeah, we're going to do it now because they were trying okay. to rig it, you know. Yeah. They're like, see, even this thing that we haven't yeah. used in a while would have said I was the true one. Exactly. Yeah. OK. Because like, that's the only real way they thought that they could get Grindelwald past it is to rig that aspect of it. So they were mm -hmm. like, hey, we're going to bring it back because, you know, things are weird now. So we're going to go back to the old ways where they never fucked anything up. <laughs> right. So, but also it was like the logic is they, they didn't have any. Because they, they're supposed to be such rare creatures that, you know, finding them and, and using them for that became hard to do. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, they did all this stuff too. Like, what was that fucking thing that at the beginning of the movie? It's all like a winged creature that blew itself up like a balloon, then decompressed itself, and all of a sudden had magical bigger wings and like flew away with it. I was like, what the fuck is <laughs> it? Right. Like, that's a weird thing to put an explanation for, like, or not to have an explanation for, or to never bring back or anything. I'm like. Like, no, that's the shit people want to see. Yeah, like they could have brought that back and like maybe if one of the people with the correct suitcases or something like was about to get caught, yeah. that thing swoops in and gets it. You know, why didn't they just use that to fly the suitcase up to the top? Yeah, exactly. Like you that would have made more sense. Come around the back side a lot of the building. Easier. Yeah, you come around the back side of the building. Nobody's watching it. And bam, go. Ha ha. Case, motherfucker. Exactly. Yeah. Why would they not do that? Yeah, I looked it up, and apparently there's no reason why they called what they call in this movie a manticore. Because it directly contradicts what they have described manticores as in the series itself. Like, it actually actually contradicts huh. what they have described it in other books. Oh, no. Like, why would they? Yeah, what did, they it, didn't care, did they? Yeah. They just didn't even try. Just call it something else. Right. Call it a zibbity doodad anything else mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they just don't care like and that's the thing it's like why are we as a society caring about these movies they don't they don't yeah it's they, like they got lazy with it this is just cash grabs at this point it really is and like 
I've already kind of become disillusioned with the franchise anyway. Like, I was a huge, huge, huge Harry Potter fan. Loved the books, loved the movies, all this other stuff. Yeah. I've got some Harry Potter tattoos, one of which I'm going to try to figure out a way to change and no longer have. But, you know, with this franchise, when you really actually kind of start deconstructing it and looking at it critically, you find there's a lot, a lot, a lot of flaws in this franchise. You know, and it all, to me, stems back to J.K. Rowling. You know, she's one of these people that has her beliefs and contrary to anything really she'll she'll stick to them no matter what and i don't mean that as necessarily a negative or positive type of way i mean there's something to be said about having conviction for your beliefs but she's contradictory within them you know and it shouldn't be surprising really if you actually go and analyze harry potter you know uh, the one Asian character she had in a Harry Potter book was named Cho Chang. Mm. You know, like the one character that they physically denote as black is Shacklebolt. Oh, you know, um, the Harry Potter books also really and movies lean heavily into anti-Semitic stereotypes when it comes to Jewish people. Uh, I guess they're anti-Semitic always means Jewish people. But anyway, um, because with the way they do the goblins in it and whether or not it is is well-known or whatever in fantasy, a lot of times goblins are co-opted and used as anti-Semitic representation. They adapt them and they change them to be more fitting of anti-Jewish caricatures and stuff. Big crooked nose, kind of hunching the 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 pointy ears. The way they would, you know, hoard over gold and stuff. Goblins are have been used a lot in fantasy to be anti-Semitic. And they leaned full force into it in Harry Potter with that. Like they, they take the goblins and they go the very anti-Semitic route with their design and then also go, and guess what? These bankers too. Mm-hmm. And it makes no sense. I mean. Yeah. And that's not, that's not always, like that's not what goblins are. When you get into true lore and stuff like that, goblins have appeared in a lot of cultures throughout the years. Like as as far as like history and mythologies go, goblins have been around for centuries in lore. You know, whether or not you get into the red caps and stuff like that, like I think that is probably my favorite of goblins is the red cap or a kobold from Germany and stuff like that. It's, Gremlins are sometimes associated with uh, 
but goblins also, you know, but they don't have anything to do with that. They weren't meant to represent something else. It was like most monsters back in the day. They were meant to explain the unexplainable. You know, Mm. a kid randomly going and missing in the woods in Germany, you know, in the springtime. You know, that's how they'd scare kids from going out there. Be like, oh, the kobolds will get you. Same with like Ireland and Scotland when it comes to the red caps. And uh, red cap goblins uh, get their name because their hats are dyed and soaked in blood of their victims. Mm. Yeah, very fun. Love me a red cap goblin. Um, I mean, and I, I, I myself have a very weird history when it comes to goblins because I do play a lot of Magic the Gathering. And uh, traditionally speaking, I play goblin decks. That's my thing. I play goblin decks. I love the mechanics of goblin decks. I play goblins. Even now, I don't I don't play any current metas, anything like that. I play goblin decks. That's all I play. Oh, I say that. I have a fungal deck out there. My fungal deck's a little fun, but yeah, I play goblin decks. You know, and that's something Magic Magic the Gatherings had to change. Because some of their artwork and some of their stuff played into those stereotypes un like unwillingly because like people didn't know for a while. Like or it's not that they didn't know. It's just like it's the mid nineties. Nobody was thinking about that aspect of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so they've even actively tried to change some of that stuff and get back to a more traditional form of goblin because of that. You know? And, ooh, another good goblin, and I love it because it's got a fun name, a bugbear. Bugbear. I've never heard of that one. That's a fun goblin name right there. A bugbear. Uh, I think traditionally that actually, I don't know where it stems from, but I know that that played a lot more into like D&D. D&D had bugbears and stuff. But yeah, it's like bigger, bigger goblins. But yeah, Harry Potter played into a lot of those stereotypes and tropes and stuff like that. And looking back on it, I'm like, oh yeah, that kind of fits with how the type of person J.K. Rowling is. You know, mm. she just needed some token character. Oh, yeah, because like there's also a a Jewish character in the original books. And it just like instantly Feldstein, I think, or something like that was the name. Well, yeah, something like that. It, they just went like, oh, Jewish name. Mm. And you're like, OK, of course. And, like that's she just played into stereotypes because she didn't actually care about adapting cultures or anything like that. She just went the quick, easy route with it. And then you look at the stuff that she, when she was expanding the lore into North America and all this other stuff, all she did was co-opt a bunch of, of indigenous people's mythologies and culture. Mm. She just took the lore and stuff they already had and co-opted it and made it a part of her universe too. You know, so it was, you know, became a big fuck their culture and, and, and their beliefs and all this other stuff. It's now a part of my universe. And when you see things like that happen, you're like, well, of course she would do that. Mm. You know? And then you get into, like, the current controversy swarming around her and all this other stuff where she's very much on the turf spectrum of feminism with stuff, which is a trans-exclusionary radical feminism. So it's, like, ultra-feminist, but trans people aren't women. And she is 
diehard that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's gotten some backlash from people. Like, you know, Daniel Radcliffe was like, no, I don't agree with that. And Emma Watson was like, no, I don't agree with that. And Eddie Redmayne was like, no, I don't agree with that. But then you have Kate Watterson, who is, like I said, notably absent in this movie. Uh, more or less came out and said, was like, fuck J.K. Rowling, she's wrong. Was like <laughs> very, very like pointed with what she was saying. She was very much not PC about it. <laughs> yeah, she was just directing it at JK, like, fuck you, you're wrong mm-hmm. type of scenario. And then all of a sudden, magically, she's fucking written out of a fucking movie. So, you know, right. you have, like you have her character be a main character for two movies and then disappears essentially for with what for all but like what two minutes she's in it like a minute and a half at the end and they show her for like 10 seconds in the middle of the movie well yeah two-thirds of the way through the movie yeah nope that's why that's why she more or less oh well that's not Mm. a why we don't technically know why but that's why let's be real that's why yeah it had it definitely had to been something i mean it was just such a notable absence well especially you know? because jk rowling is the writer of this movie so right. all of a sudden she's yeah. like oh I, I don't have anything for this character that i've developed for two movies exactly like why would that be the case yeah yeah no she got wrote the fuck out wow because yeah. jk rowling is wrong she is she's wrong mm-hmm. and that's the thing is like if you like a lot of the way she believes and the way that she's co-opted things and the way she's done things kind of fly counterintuitively to to the magic of Harry Potter. Like what originally tra- attracted people to the franchise. She's very close-minded when it comes to that stuff. And like I said, you believe what you want to believe, whatever, fine, fuck it. You're, you know, you might be wrong like she is. But when you really go back and look at the original stories, her current attitudes aren't should not be surprising. Like anti-Semitic goblin characters. Cho Chang, Shacklebolt. Like it's just like fuck. She's like, I know no black people. Huh, black wizard. Shacklebolt. Yeah. I have to put a tie into slavery into it because I don't know what the fuck to do. Well, like, yeah, even if you go and look at, like, you know, like I said, Cho Chang, like, yes, she just had to make sure that they, like, it, and I understand that the, like, there's aspects of, like, naming and stuff like that that, you know, you want it to feel authentic to the character, you know, and stuff like that, but it's just, like, it feels so lazy, you know, and... Yeah. It sounds like she was eating at P.F. Chang's and just went, oh, that'd be a great name for my one Asian character. Let mm-hmm. me do this. Do you feel like part of it is the um, like the time in which she grew up? You can say that, but nah, there's older people that don't think as shitty as she does. Yeah, not to not to excuse it. I'm just wondering if like that might be a factor in like her mindset. You know what I mean? You know, and that can be. But then it also shows, like, that she doesn't want to grow and change. Yeah. 
she doesn't want to look into anything else. Right. She doesn't want to to try. And like I said, that goes back to what we were, we were saying about this movie. I, it's, I think this is indicative of the problems with her. She didn't want to try. Right. You know? I mean, I understand that maybe the lay people out there might not understand the deep and troublesome history of, like I said, anti-Semitism and goblins and fantasy lore and in fantasy books and stuff. I get that. But you're also not trying to write a big fucking fantasy novel. Yeah. You know. Fair. And it's not like people didn't know that back in the day. I mean, that was open. And that's why it was done back in the day. Because, you know, fantasy writers were being anti-Semitic. And they wanted to fucking, you know, put it in their books. So that's how they would co-opt goblins into it. Like, that's... Like, that's why they did it. And she just continued it on and didn't want to change anything with it. You know? Oh, another big, like a really good example of her changing the books, like, or the reasons behind stuff, book to book to fit outrages and stuff like that, was the fact of house elves in the second book. Is it the second book, third book? Second book. Hmm. I don't know. Whatever fucking book Dobby shows up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was the second book, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the second book. So Dobby shows up. And we, and everybody's like, oh, shit, that's fucking shitty. Like, that's shitty that they fucking enslaved a little race of elves. There's, you know. Yeah. And then what did they change it to in another book? They were like, oh. Actually, house elves love it. They love being mm, house elves. Right, right. So it's fine. We they they love it. That's what they want to do. And then she was still kind of met with outrage, and then that's why, you know, Hermione ends up, you know, coming back with spew, which is the you know, wanting to get rid of the whole house elf system, which all that's left out of the uh, the movies. Left all that out of the movies. But yeah, like Hermione is like you know, more or less trying to start a a cause to get rid of, you know, the institution of house elves and to mm-hmm. treat them like you would other sentient creatures, you know? So, yeah. But like, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a version of what she would do. <laughs> she, yeah. she wrote something shitty and she was like, no, no, they love it. They love being slaves, guys. It's fine. Which is like a weird, you know, fucking thing to do considering, you know, where have we heard that before? Right. No, no, it's fine. They love being slaves. Trust me. They love it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's some weird shit. That's true. And it's, it's one of those where, especially like when you're reading them, you know, and if you're reading them as a kid, those are not things you're picking up on. You're not, you're not at all. Yeah. Even as a young adult, I didn't pick up on some of it. Yeah. You know, like, fuck, like, like, straight up, I have the dark mark tattooed on my left forearm. Like, at the time, I was just like, yeah, it's a cool little thing. It's whatever. It's like Harry Potter. It's nerd shit, whatever. And I like, now I look at it and I'm like, fuck, that's a wizard swastika. Like, mm-hmm. that's shitty. 
and I and I hate that I have it, and it's it's not an easily hideable spot. Like I said, my left forearm, and it's mm-hmm. big. It takes up my left forearm. It's not like a small one. Whole left forearm, you know. So like, yeah, that one I want to change, and I don't necessarily know how I can change it. It's a very dark tattoo, and that typically makes cover-ups harder, but I'm going to go talk to some tattoo artists about doing some changes on it. Like, the way to change maybe some of the coloring and shapes of some of the stuff and to blend some of it out and, you know, maybe make it something else while keeping essentially the main core of the shape there because you kind of got to, unless I just want to put a big... I mean, if it comes down to it, I might have to just put a big uh, solid black rectangle on my left arm. (laughs) Just like a big (laughs) sensor bar across it if we can't do something else. I mean, I've got to do something, though, because I am personally no longer comfortable having it, you know. Yeah. With what it represents. Now, my other, and it's funny thing is, is my right forearm is another Harry Potter reference. It's a rabbit Patronus tattoo. With a complete with magic wand and all kinds of stuff, but at least like that's not anything bad per se, you know. Like even if I can, like if I come down to it and I'm like, you know, fuck J.K. Rowling and fuck Harry Potter, whatever. It's still just like you know, still just a little pretty watercolor, you know, swirly blue tattoo. It's fine. I can justify that. I can't really come up with reasons to keep justifying technically, like I said, a wizard swastika on my other arm. Yeah. So. Yep. That's probably going to be the next thing I do is fix that guy. Either that or get my right hand tattooed. I kind of, cause I look at my hands and I want my, my right hand tattooed also. But anyway, or my neck. Yeah. No, I'll focus. I'll focus on covering that one up before I do my neck. <laughs> my neck I'm going to have to put off because I'm such a little bitch when I get tattoos and oh I don't know that's that one's going to kill me I think now how big are you talking for your neck like my throat like pretty much my throat okay yeah and up, up on the sides and stuff I've already got my neck tattooed technically I've got one on each side of my neck right like on the back sides like it's my weird versions of like those tattoos uh, that are like behind your ear. Except mm-hmm. they're not because they're too big to be behind your ear. Like, yeah, I've got the Whataburger lo- logo on the right side of my neck and it's, it's like the back right quarter of my neck. Like it's, it's fairly big. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I've got like a Mario feather on my other ear or behind my other ear. It's, it's smaller, but it's still rather big for it being technically like a behind the ear neck tattoo. Plus, I don't have hair. So <laughs> any tattoo I get like something like that, it's obviously you can see it. So. But no, it's just. I think, you know. Like I said, one of the biggest problems with some of this stuff is. I just, I don't feel like I should have been surprised by this bullshit with J.K. Rowling now. Or this movie. Yeah. I think all the signs of her being lazy when it comes to this stuff has been there the whole time. 
And she doesn't, she just doesn't care. She wants to be considered an ally by all these groups, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, fuck trans people still. And then you like, you look at these books and you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like she wants to do all this stuff, but she wants to cut corners and be lazy when it comes to portrayals of characters or portrayals of types of people in stereotypical roles and all kinds of stuff. She doesn't actually want to try or care. And it's been, mm-hmm. it's been there from the beginning. Like it's been there from the fucking get go. We just didn't notice because you know, we're all enthralled in magical spells and shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and I think like the older that I get, you know, and the more, the more I grow up and come into my own as far as a person and what I think and feel about things, like there are just certain things that you're just like, I just can't be okay with these things. Like, and, and it sucks when something that's so like ingrained in you as important enough to, for example, get tattoos about, or, you know, all these things, it's like, it's, it's, it's ruining, (laughs) you know, it's taking away the, the greatness of this whole world and this whole thing that was created. And I don't know, I just feel like, you know, you're, you wanting to cover up your tattoo, for example, like that, it makes sense because you're just like, at some point, I just, I can't be okay with it. Like I, I used to be somebody that would, I would go see a movie of a person, if a, an actor that I liked was in that movie, I'd be like, yeah, this is a great actor. I want to see this movie. And now I'm just like, I can't do it. If the movie stands for something that I can't get on board with, or if the person stands for something or has done things that I just can't get on board with, I just don't care anymore. Like I, I, I can't care anymore. I can't support it anymore. I can't just be like, but they're good at their craft. It's like, okay, maybe they are, but being good at someone's craft does not mean that you should support the craft be, just because like, because then you're essentially supporting the person. And I mean, just these days, you just, you can't do that anymore. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, like, I get what you're saying with a lot of that stuff. I mean, I used to, I used to love Woody Allen. I, I, yeah. I thought he was fantastic. I loved his movies, all kinds of stuff. And like, you know, that was like, always like the film nerd aspect of me and stuff is like loving Woody Allen. Cause that's what he did. He, he made movies for like film yeah. nerds and stuff, but they were still relatable and shit. And you know, then you, you hear about that guy and you really break down some of the shit he's done and all kinds of stuff. Like even if you don't necessarily believe the stories and the allegations of what he did to his own children and all this other stuff, like look at what he did with his adoptive daughter. There's, there's so many obvious red flags with that, you know, like you can't go from being the parental figure to dating and marrying them all of a sudden when they turn 18 and it not obviously be some red flag shit. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and no, I can't, I can't support that shit. I don't want to support that shit. I, I'm, yeah. you know, resigned to the fact that like, I'm, yeah, I'm just never going to watch a Woody Allen flick again. Like, and it yeah. really is that simple to me. I'm like, well, that's, that's done. Yeah. I mean, and that's how I am with like Kevin Spacey. It's like he was an instrumental 
like actor for me. Like he was one of my favorites, you know, and it's like, oh, well, I'm never going to be able to see another one of his movies again, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's not, and, and the thing is, is it's not like I've tried with any of these people, but like there are times like uh, watching death on the Nile and having yeah. Letitia Wright and her crazy bullshit anti-vax stuff and Russell Brand with his crazy bullshit anti-vax stuff. And then Arnie Hammer with his possibly abusive, but also possibly a fucking cannibal bullshit. It's so distracting when you're watching that. Like I'm watching the movie and I'm like, yeah, that fucker might want to eat people. (laughs) It really is distract, especially that movie. Because he's supposed to be like this, like, suave, like, sexy guy or whatever. And I'm like, no, you're coming across really creepy now, (laughs) like, in anything you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, whenever there's, like, scenes he gets angry in the movie. And I'm like, oh, no, be careful. He might try to eat you. (laughs) Or when he's making out with you. Yeah. Yeah, He might try to eat you. Like, he's thinking about what would, how good it would taste if he bit your tongue off right now. (laughs) You know, like, it's just yeah. like that. Like, I'm watching it and I'm like, I'm utterly distracted by all the bullshit of these people. Yeah. And I just, I can't, I can't check out of that stuff. You know? And I think so. And I think with things like that, I personally don't think that you should have to. Like, I, I get the, the um, perspective of like, oh, but they're actors, like, this is their work of art this is like what they do for a living i understand that but i don't think that you should have to just put aside their craziness of some of the things they're doing just because you like a movie that they're in (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i mean it's it, it does boil because like one of the few things we get to do as a society when it comes to like movies and TV shows and entertainment and stuff like that, we do kind of get to vote with our dollars. You know, like if yeah, I'm tired of seeing some shitty people get away with shitty things, even if it's just that they're just shitty people. Let's get rid of like allegations or any of that other shit. Let's just say, you know, you've seen them get caught by the like, or there's like a story come out and like somebody was just like, shitty to people and they're just shitty on set you know what i mean it's just that they're just shitty okay we can choose to not go see their movies yeah and then in doing so that affects their higher ability with it yep and the thing is is if hollywood has taught us anything you're not necessarily guaranteed to do what you want to do there's lots of people that want to be movie stars and they want to be actors and all this other yeah. stuff. You're not guaranteed to be hired for movies. You know, and, uh, whether or not it's justified or not. I mean, and there's lots of people that should be in more movies. And they're not. Yeah. Just because of weird bullshit politics. We talked about that in, uh, in our, the episode with everything everywhere all at once. Um, with the guy that played a uh, data and short round, you know, he was in Indiana Jones and he did the Goonies and he was just like, 
he thought he was just going to have roles left and right because he did those movies like back to back. Then he had nothing. And he ended up just kind of becoming a fight choreographer in Hong Kong for a while until this movie. And then you see him in this movie and he's utterly fantastic. Like he's got acting and action and everything. And you're like, you're like, where the fuck has this guy been? Like, why weren't people hiring him? It's not because he didn't do anything shitty. It's just like, no, they just didn't want to hire an Asian kid or an Asian adult Mm -hmm. after a while. You know what I mean? Like that was the politics behind his shit. You know? And so, like, that's why, like, I just think it's weird, like, that, you know, if they come out with more of these movies, I don't think I'm going to go see them. Because I don't necessarily want more money going to J.K. Rowling. You know? And that's fair. Yeah. And it's, like, yeah, we mean, we, we, we did Morbius. And... I just think, though, in the future, I'm probably not going to go see any more Jared Leto shit. Because of this shit with him and stuff and like get rid of even if you're like getting rid of the allegations aspect of it. There's still a bunch of other bullshit the man does. Like, right. Get rid of the fact that he was possibly grooming and texting underage girls and all kinds of stuff. Just the way he treats people on set with his method acting bullshit is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, like we were saying, I think, like, when Denzel Washington comes up to you and says, cut it off, you know, you, you, you know something's bad. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, it's just... We don't need more of that shit. We don't need to endorse that behavior. I agree. And like, we need more of the, you know, Tom Cruise's of the world or Adam drivers of the world where everybody's just says the most pleasant things about them all the time. And the Tom Hanks's and I think the Denzel Washington's too. Like we need more of those people, you know, where it's like, Oh, I've only heard good stories about them on set. You know, know one of the things that actually drove Keanu Reeves come back in movies and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, apparently it's just because he's just such a fucking nice person to work with. That's, I, yeah, he's like, yeah, I can't believe I forgot him on my list. Well, yeah, yeah, Keanu, like, we need more of him in the world but, just because he's genuinely the best human being to ever exist. <laughs> yeah, you know? apparently that's one and reason why. And I want to support he, that. That's you one know? reason why he started getting some more roles, just even chances lately, is because, like, you know, some people that were, like, lower people in other movies like you know they might just have been like a fight choreographer in another movie like and all this other stuff they worked with him and like now they're like getting to direct or they're like the actual stunt coordinator and shit and they're like no we got to get Keanu Mm, because he's just great to work with they just want to be around people that don't suck like and apparently that's why Brendan Fraser's making a huge comeback right now too yeah Brendan Fraser's one of them everybody talks about him like uh, in the new Batgirl movie or whatever, he's going to be the bad guy. And like mm. the, 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 the woman playing Batgirl was like, it is so hard. Like doing that movie because he's the bad guy. And you're just like, he's so nice though. Like in real life, he's mm. so nice. That is so, it's hard to like switch that off when you're like right. looking at him and he's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Yeah. And then like there was somebody, somebody was talking about like Doom Patrol and stuff like that. They were just like, you know, every day is like a treat to go to set because Brendan's going to be there. <laughs> I actually heard that about Jason Momoa, too. Like even on Game of Thrones, like after him and, you know, um, Amelia, Amelia Clark would have their their scenes that were pretty brutal. He would always like check on her, make sure she was OK. Like, you know, so it's 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 funny when it's like the bad guy, but they're like the nicest person there, you know? Yeah. And like one of the stories that was funny that I heard about Keanu Reeves was like. It was like told like secondhand through somebody else, but like. This like people that are like lower end actors, especially that have like speaking lines in movies. They love working with Keanu because like of all the big name actors, he's one of the few that doesn't leave set. You know, mm. like whenever you have that scene where it's the lower name guy and he's just talking more or less to the camera, like you're supposing yeah. that the Keanu Reeves character would be right off camera or, you know, right to the side of the camera or whatever. Sometimes when they shoot those scenes, like big name actors aren't even there. They'll put like a tennis ball or have somebody just stand there and you just okay. say your lines to them. Especially right. if it's something where it keeps getting messed up or something. And it's not necessarily a conversation. It's like directed points of dialogue. Like apparently Keanu Reeves is not about that. He's like, no, I'm there. Like you're saying the lines to my character. I'm there. I totally believe that. And yeah. like, if you're having a hard time, he's like, Hey, yeah, let's work this out. Like, yeah, you know, like he'll be like, hey guys, See, that's what I want to support. Give us a second, <laughs> and you know, work with you, like help you get through it. You know, yeah, definitely. Because he's just a fantastic human being, exactly. And like you said, that's what I want to support. I want to support him getting money. That's fantastic. Like I would rather support that and have just decently good acting from people as opposed to the most phenomenal acting you can think of and they're terrible people. You know what I mean? I would actually just rather every movie from now on be a John Wick movie. <laughs> In some way or another. Just yeah. it is related to John Wick. A nice little John Wick <laughs> rom-com. A nice little John Wick horror movie. Yes. Everything a John Wick. And there's just a Keanu somewhere in it. You don't have to be the main character. There's just a Keanu in there. Yeah. yeah no. Or yeah, just make every movie a Keanu has to be in every movie. Yeah, something. Just like that's the, yeah. like that's the type of shit. Yeah, I would prefer my money to go to. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to fucking give Jared Leto any more money. I don't want to give fucking J.K. Rowling any more money. I just fuck all that noise. I'm tired of all that. I want to give fun, good people money. Right. I mean, and yep, I know sometimes I it's hard because like you might have a, a big fucking cast of people. There might be only one shitty person in there. And then you got to navigate that because mm-hmm. you might want the other nine to get their money. You know, so it does get tough. I get it. Yeah. But that's where then it becomes it's on to the individual. You know what you're comfortable doing in the long run. Yeah. And I am personally, I, I kind of want Keanu Reeves just to set up like a, like a Patreon so I can just give him like five bucks a month for the rest of my life (laughs) just for existing. Thanks for being you. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to be like, Keanu, you're fucking great. Buy a sandwich on me, bro. (laughs) 
And knowing and him. And then he'd probably just give it back. He'd send you a thank you note and say, but here's double what you gave me just for being a fan. Yeah, exactly. Or he'd like do that <laughs> or he'd be like, yeah, thanks. I gave this homeless man a sandwich. And not that I would personally right. care that he used my money to buy a homeless man a sandwich, but he would probably go out of his way to not buy himself a sandwich with my money. Right. Like he would yeah. make sure it went to someone else. You know, and that's fine. Yep. That's, and that's that's why I want to give him five dollars a month for a sandwich. Yep. Like maybe I can start a Patreon or a GoFundMe for him, and you just you just <laughs> people donate money, and all it does is you just go, "Hey, Keanu, where are we sending the money this month?" And he'll tell <laughs> yeah, us. And right. We just send it there. He's like, "Man, there's this guy named Bob. I saw at the coffee shop. Give him the money this month." You're just like, all right, Keanu, you just give them the money. Right. Honestly, I think Keanu Reeves should just decide who the president is. He should be like the little chillum deer thing. (laughs) Just line the people up and let Keanu Reeves go bow down to whoever he wants to be president. That's brilliant. I'll take it. Because he is so pure of heart. I'm just like, yes, Keanu, you decide. (laughs) You are an infinitely better person than I am. So <laughs> that is brilliant. That should be a new role. You know, maybe we can alternate. Like you said, apparently, you know, like Jason Momoa is a great person. You know, like just get these people that are good, wholesome people. Just let yes. them go decide who like, like they just sit there and they just talk about it in the most chill way possible. Yeah. Just a council of, yeah. Keanu and Brendan Fraser. <laughs> And like all these just super nice guys deciding it. Yeah, just find the nicest people out there. Right. You know, and just let them to decide everything. Yes. Who, who else would be great on that council? Let's see. Keanu, Brendan Fraser. I I feel like The Rock would be good on that one. No. I, as Have much you, as I oh, love Actually, the he's Rock. a little controversial on set. Yeah, and it's not even that he's controversial at times. It's just he does have some old schoolness about him still. Right. And so. I really do think I've heard nothing but excellent things about Adam Driver as well. Yeah, we need some more women Um, on this, though. Yeah. Who are some actresses that are delightful and nice people? Um, I have heard Emma Stone. Um, let me see who else. Fuck it, yeah. Let's put Emma Stone on like the, the council. I'm just trying to think of people. There, everyone's like they're the nicest like person. The crazy thing is, be? is like two months ago we would have said Will Smith. Totally, yeah, hundred percent. You know what? Let's put Meryl Streep on that. <laughs> I don't know if she's nice though. Really? I actually guess I haven't heard either way, but <laughs> I feel like she would be, but I don't know. Up until recently, I mean, I heard the same thing about Sandra Bullock, but I think she's a little bit kind of like over Hollywood right now. So. <laughs> so I just found a list of like the 20 nicest celebrities. Apparently Gina Rodriguez is super nice. Oh, Okay. Oh, I don't know how I feel about this list now because it also has Tyra Banks on it. And she's also been notoriously a bad person. 
Same with <laughs> Oprah. Oprah's not really a nice person either. No. Oh, well, yeah, Tom Hanks would need to be on it. Oh, yeah. That's a given. Yeah, for sure. Nope, nope, nope. I don't know if I like this list anymore. (laughs) They have some not nice people on it. Yeah. What about John Krasinski Mm. and Emily Blunt? realize we do have a lot of men on this maybe just emily blunt i've heard she's very professional and kind amelia clark would be a good one i think okay yeah seems like a nice person oh michelle yao michelle yao definitely needs to be on there oh yeah oh yeah She seems, yeah. I don't know. Apparently, this one thing I'm reading here says Meryl Streep's very nice. It says, like, you know, there was even one time she waited in line at an Apple store. Just like everyone else. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah, we can put Meryl on there. I'm hearing Margot Robbie is very nice. Yeah, let's put Margot on there. This would be a great council of people. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Oh, Nick Offerman and his wife. Oh, now that would be awesome. Them. Chris, uh, what's her name? Megan Mullaney? Maloney, yeah, like Mulally. Her. Yeah, let's put both of them on that list. They seem like delightful people. See, we should have just done this the whole episode. This is way more entertaining than that movie was. It is. <laughs> oh, fuck that movie. It just, oh, they didn't try. See, we are trying infinitely more right now to get a nice, diverse, good council <laughs> of people than. In, they tried it all in this movie. <laughs> well, apparently Mila Kunis is nice. Yeah, I can see that. Apparently, I saw Amy Poehler on this list I'm looking at. Yeah, but I've also heard some bad stories about her. Oh, Lady Gaga. That might be a good one. Possibly. I mean, we might as well, I guess, put Tom Hanks' wife on there, too. That's true. Oh, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Oh, yeah, if we're going to put him, we got to put Ian McKellen on there. Because both of them are just <laughs> delightful together. Just preserve all of these kind people. Yeah. 
Yes. Do we say yes to Margot Robbie? Yeah, let's put her on there. Yeah. I see that too. Cause like I, I have not heard a single controversial thing about her. We're going to have to think about this. Every, I think from every episode from now on, we got to just think of one person to add to the list. To the council. Yeah. <laughs> I like nice this people. idea. Yeah. So we need to, we just need more of that. I feel like Lynn Manuel should be on this. Possibly. We'll see. We'll need to get Jasta involved in this. <laughs> and every day, like every episode, we'll each nominate somebody and then we'll vote on who to put on the list. On the council. I like this. This is a good plan. But we gotta we gotta make it as diverse as possible because you know, we want them this is the council we want to decide everything in the world. So Yes. We need a variety of people. What, what was it in the movie? The Council of... I don't know what it was. I don't know. Wizard Jackoffs. I don't fucking know what the <laughs> fuck it was. It just, it, like I said, it's something that randomly shows up in this movie only. And you're like, oh, okay, apparently this is a thing. Yeah, right. And also, I forgot to say this. They did a weird job of casting... The 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 chancellor that was leaving in this movie. Because he looks a lot alike with Mads Mikkelsen. You are correct, actually. Like yeah, visually. I, I remember didn't... at one point getting confused on like, oh wait, that's not him. <laughs> yeah, like it it just visually doesn't make sense to have those two characters be so similar. Like that. Yeah. Like it just kind of makes you go, oh. That's weird. Right. All right. You got anything else to say about this movie? <laughs> no, I'm good. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or Facebook. We're Cinema Slayers podcast. Twitter and Instagram. We're Cinema underscore Slayers. Uh, TikTok is Cinema Slayers pod. Uh, YouTube is coming. This is like episode 195. Maybe 196. Maybe 195. I don't know what number uh, episode we're on right now. But whatever episode this is. Uh, this is 195. Okay. So this is episode 195. So episode 200 will be our big actual debut on YouTube. We are doing audio only at the moment. So... This will be, you get to see our faces and all kinds of stuff with it. Episode 200. And we already know what that one will be. We're going to delay the normal time in which we would do the review to do it then, which will be Moon Knight. We will be doing Moon Knight for our official 200th episode where we introduce video to everything. And you'll be able to see us from that point on, on the YouTubes. Uh, so check us out there whenever we start that or now. Like I said, audio episodes of it, uh, audio only episodes will be up on YouTube and have been for a few weeks now. So, uh, check all that out. Um, Oh yeah. Uh, give us a five star rating review. We'd really appreciate it. It really helps us out. It's all algorithm bullshit. I don't know what it does, but apparently it does some shit. So 
you know, do that. It'd be great. <laughs> um, tell your family, tell your family's friends, tell your friend's family and tell your, wait, tell your friends, tell your, wait, fuck. I fucked that up royally. <laughs> I'm going to start that over with, uh, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your family's friends and tell your friend's family. And most of all, uh, tell there's uh, dear sweet mothers of yours. Because you know what mothers hate? This shit too. They hate <laughs> movies that don't fucking try also. Yes. So every mother I've ever talked to has said that. They're like, you know what? I hate movies that don't try. And I'm like, I agree. <laughs> so, yeah. Do all that. And uh, just again, the TikToks and this podcast, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. I've already decided a few people for this council. This is my favorite game now. Oh, that's what we'll do. Oh, that's perfect. That's going to be option E. Adding someone to the council. Adding somebody to the council. (laughs) I might start picking that every time because that's fun. Oh, yeah. We'll have to have a council debate every time. Get people's suggestions. Yes. All right, I'm out.